Well, a very good morning to you. It's Sunday the 24th of January and you found yourself at the St John's Virtual Service from Southbourne. Uh, a special welcome to all of you who've joined us. Uh, welcome also to those members of St Nick's and if you're tuning in for the first time, then uh, just a few words. Uh, my, name's, my name's Matthew, I'm the Vicar of St John's and um, we're running a few alpha groups. Uh, it'd be lovely to hear uh, the sorts of questions that you've got to ask uh, and the sorts of things that we could do to support you and help you. Uh, there's lots of things that the church is doing uh, we, and, and we want to help you if we can. So a special uh, welcome to you if you're visiting for the first time. We're uh, wrapping up today uh, our series on the Kingdom of God when Martin is going to uh, just, just give us a few tasters on how we look at the world, how we can look at the world uh, given the things that we've learned about who God is, who Jesus is, where he's leading us, where it all ends uh, and those sorts of things. So thank you so much for paying attention uh, to this series all the way through. I've, I've enjoyed uh, preparing for it and I've enjoyed listening to it and it's been uh, really encouraging for me. Also, it'd be lovely, Just to, I just want to say thank you to house groups and your leaders for all you are doing to make sure that nobody gets forgotten and for the pastoral team as well, because you have a key part in that. Uh, not everybody's a member of a, of a home group. Uh, and so for the pastoral team and for the house groups, uh, just uh, thank you very much for all the hard work you're doing, keeping things uh, going, for, especially for our brothers and sisters who are unable to be with us. And it's frustrating not to be able to see them and, and, and catch hold of them and see how they are uh, in person. But thank you so much for what you're doing with that. thought I'd start this morning uh, with a psalm, Psalm 95, uh, which reads as this. Come, let us sing joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Well, it's a great privilege, isn't it, to have people who are able to put together technology to help us worship. And so I'd like to hand over to Mike and his team uh, for our first song, Blessed uh, Be the Name of the Lord. Oh, 
very much for putting that together. Uh, I'm going to hand over to Sue Fallon who's going to read Daniel chapter 4, an exciting and challenging chapter, so pay careful attention, have your Bibles open I think, uh, and then Martin is going to speak about what that means for us. Today's reading is from Daniel chapter 4 and I'm beginning to read at verse 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity but one night I had a dream that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. When all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. At last Daniel came in before me and I told him the dream. He was named Belshazzar after my God, and the spirit of the holy gods is in him. I said to him, Belshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you, and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. Then as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven. The messenger shouted, Cut down the tree and lop off its branches. Shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Now let him be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the wild animals among the plants of the fields for the se for seven periods of time. Let him have the mind of a wild animal instead of the mind of a human, for this has been decreed by the messengers. It is commanded by the holy ones so that everyone may know that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives them to anyone he chooses even to the lowest of people. Belshazzar, 
That was the dream I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for none of the wise men of my kingdom can do so. But you can tell me, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, was overcome for a time, frightened by the meaning of the dream. Then the king said to him, Belshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. Belshazzar replied, I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my lord, and not to you. The tree you saw was growing very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh green leaves and was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and birds nested in its branches. That tree, your majesty, is you, for you have grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches up to heaven and your rule to the ends of the earth. Then you saw a messenger, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the animals of the field for seven periods of time. This is what the dream means, your majesty, and what the Most High has declared will happen to my Lord the King. You will be driven from human society and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow and you will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and roots of the tree were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back again when you have learned that heaven rules. King Nebuchadnezzar, please accept my advice. Stop sinning and do what is right. Break from your wicked past and be merciful to the poor. Perhaps then you will continue to prosper. But all these things did happen to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, he was taking a walk on the flat roof of the royal palace in Babylon. As he looked out across the city, he said, Look at this great city of Babylon. By my own mighty power, I have built this beautiful city as my royal residence to display my majestic splendour. While these words were still in his mouth, a voice called down from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You are no longer ruler of this kingdom. You will be driven from human society. You will live in the fields with the wild animals and you will eat grass like a cow. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. That same hour the judgment was fulfilled and Nebuchadnezzar was driven from human society. He ate grass like a cow and he was drenched with the dew of heaven. He lived this way until his hair was as long as eagles' feathers and his nails were like birds' claws. After this time had passed, I, Nebuchadnezzar, looked up to heaven. My sanity returned 
and I praised and worshipped the Most High and honoured the One who lives forever. His rule is everlasting and his kingdom is eternal. All the earth, people of the earth are nothing compared to him. He does as he pleases among the angels of heaven and among the people of earth. No one can stop him or say to him, what do you mean by doing these things? When my sanity returned to me, so did my honour and glory and kingdom. My advisers and nobles sought me out and I was restored as head of my kingdom with even greater honour than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honour the King of Heaven. All his acts are just and true, and he is able to humble the proud. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Sue. Especially as this was rather a long reading today. This is the last sermon in a series on the kingdom. Today, the final topic is who sits on the throne? Now, on a first glance, it would appear an odd choice of passage to consider this theme, especially since you might have noticed the word throne doesn't occur. For me, this is a challenging topic, and I was struck by the relevance of the life of Daniel to us today. Daniel was in exile in Babylon, while we are in effect social exiles in lockdown. Most of you will well know the story in chapter 3 of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the fiery furnace and Daniel in the lion's den in chapter 6. Both these events outline instances where God's faithful servants stood their ground in the face of idolatry and spiritual compromise. And the point that which, which struck me about these events was the faith of these young Jewish men compared with those around them who went out of their way to try and trap them. The exiles could have had a cushy life. They had been selected as part of the empire's elite, entitled to special food and privileges but they chose to maintain their faith and purity, despite persecution, jealousy and suspicion from the local government officials who were their work colleagues. It begs the question in our increasingly politically correct society, are we as followers of Christ prepared to stand our ground, to be in the world and not of the world? Like Sarah said last week, there are only two kingdoms, so there are only two thrones. And we saw a sneak preview that only one lasts through to eternity. I think much of the book of Daniel gives us uh, lots to think about, maintaining a faith in a God-hostile world. And it is concerning today that some Christians have been sacked as a result of upholding true values. As a church, we have previously supported and had visits from the charity Christian Concern. They take on the legal cases of those who have been subject to anti-Christian political correctness. Nebuchadnezzar wasn't like some of the other kings of his time. He wasn't noted as a military commander 
historians labelled him as builder of cities and was quite possibly the architect of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, which was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. So with such a splendid city, an administration centre for a huge empire, he became complacent, being too contented and prosperous, with all the splendour around him going to his head. And it's at this point God intervenes in a dream again. Because we've already had one dream from Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 2. In that case, Daniel interprets the dream and gets promoted. And as a result, Nebuchadnezzar exclaims, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. Yet no less than one chapter later, he sets up a golden idol, which was what was used to test Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So now we take up the story in chapter 4. I find it interesting that given Daniel's track record in dream interpretation, the king summons Daniel last. And here I wonder if Nebuchadnezzar really knew what the dream was about. Perhaps the local wise men knew too, but were afraid to tell the king. When faced with many options, there is a temptation to ignore the one we know is true. Trying the other alternatives first, because we don't like the implication or consequences. I was struck that this event in Daniel's life showed a situation where unlike the fiery furnace or the lion's den, the Lord's servant is given the opportunity to respond in the moment. God had placed him in a situation where he could stand up and deliver God's message for that time. Rather than standing his ground, he was taking ground for God. It makes me think that I should be ready and willing to recognise opportunities to speak God's word and truth when invited. I know that if I'd have been in Daniel's sandals, I'd have probably thought the, dreams, the king's dreams was because he'd had too much cheese the night before. However, I'm sure that Daniel probably offered up what we call an arrow prayer, asking God for the words to say and not fumbling with his own interpretation. Or prejudice. And yet he delivered the words with such grace. What an example given that the Babylonians, what they'd done to his beloved Judah, his people and the Lord's temple. Yet he showed loyalty to the king, the ruling authority. Daniel faithfully delivered the message and was no doubt relieved that it was received without the king going into a rage. But clearly, as we see later, the words were not acted upon. We see how gracious our God is, waiting a whole year for Nebuchadnezzar to make amends. But his time finally ran out, and following his boast about his mighty power and glory, his downfall is quite swift. This episode reminds me of the madness of King George. The apparatus of government carries on and puts the king to one side, or in the case of Nebuchadnezzar, quite literally puts him out to grass.
Did they, in effect, invoke the 25th Amendment? After a time, the deposed and humiliated king comes to his senses and finally acknowledges God and is reinstated. I guess one thing we sometimes find difficult to accept is God's sovereign choice. The Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives them to anyone he chooses. Verse 17. Now, would you have chosen Nebuchadnezzar? So I hear you saying, what has this got to do with thrones? And what does it say to us today? And here I'm assuming that no one listening to this is a, a king or a queen. Personally, I would not seek to be king or prime minister or president, as those roles come with great responsibility. The dream of the tree outlined that the role was to provide food and shelter for all. The job description of a servant king. So what about us mere citizens? Jesus pointed out that we have dual citizenship. Render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. We need divine wisdom to understand when to overrule the earthly authority with God's, but it will never be the other way round. I find it challenging to think that God has permitted all who have, are, or have been in authority. Especially surprising thinking of places like China or North Korea. The Bible says, Everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in position of authority have been placed there by God. That's in Romans chapter 13. Just considering for a moment the delivery of the word of God, perhaps it's worth describing two important types of prophecy, to foretell and to forthtell. Foretelling is the declaration of future events as revealed from the Lord, relating especially to the kingdom of God. Whereas forthtelling is to water forth a divine revelation, a gift of knowledge designed to influence people, which is what we have here. In fact, what started out as forthtelling became foretelling as a result of his disobedience. So when God's word is proclaimed, we better pay attention. Finally, when it comes to thrones, I have to ask myself, who sits on the throne of my heart? For Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I am sure they were loyal citizens of the Babylonian system. And in almost all cases, completely law-abiding, except when they were asked to go against God's authority. King Nebuchadnezzar finally referred to the Almighty as King of Heaven, although I suspect this wasn't the end of the story for him. We must be devoted to the one true God and sing together, take this life, may it become your throne. When we place ourselves or some ideal on the throne of our hearts, will we be able to hear the still small voice of God saying, 
you are in my seat. Amen. Well, if we think uh, about some of the ways in which we look at the world and the way the world crowds in on us and what it makes us think and how we lose faith and trust in God, uh, it's good, isn't it, to recognise those things and ask God to help us with them. So we have a time of confession which uh, we can follow together. Uh, the response is, uh, Lord be merciful, forgive us our sin. Lord God, our maker and our redeemer, this is your world and we are your people. Come amongst us and save us. We have willfully misused your gifts of creation. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have seen the ill treatment of others and have not gone to their aid. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have condoned evil and dishonesty and failed to strive for justice. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. We have heard the good news of Christ, but have failed to share it with others. Lord, be merciful and forgive us our sin. We have not loved you with all of our heart, nor our neighbours as ourselves. Lord, be merciful. Forgive us our sin. Well, it's the privilege, isn't it, knowing that Jesus Christ uh, loves us and his heart for us is to, for, to know him and his love for us. That he comes to us and offers us forgiveness and calls us to know his mercies even more. So almighty God, who in Jesus Christ has given us a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, forgive us our sins. Open our eyes to God's truth. Strengthen us to do God's will and give us the joy of his kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I'll now hand over to Sarah McLennan for prayers. Good morning. Let us pray. I'm going to use some verses from Psalm 24 in our prayers, written by King David, who was described as a man after God's own heart. I encourage you to read the whole psalm afterwards. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Lord, we thank you that you are a God of order amidst chaos. Thank you that you are in control, as we see so clearly in the passage from Daniel. We are sorry that we have turned away from you and abused our position as stewards of your creation, that our greed and exploitation has allowed coronavirus to ravage the world and bring untold suffering and death. Help us to turn back to you and acknowledge you as the Lord Almighty, the King of glory, individually, as a nation, and throughout the world. We acknowledge that all earthly governments derive their authority from you. We pray for the governments of the world at this time of crisis. May they work together for the good of all, 
We pray that they would work out how to bring COVID vaccine to poorer nations and especially to healthcare workers risking their lives daily to serve others. We heed the calls from the United Nations that the rich and powerful may not just grab all the vaccine. We pray for Joe Biden as he becomes President of the United States to have your wisdom as he seeks to lead his people back to peace and unity. We pray for our own government, beset with so many problems, that they would humbly listen to people who speak your truth, wisdom, compassion and justice. Lord, we pray for your church and her leaders as they speak into this situation. May all our leaders be people who have clean hands and a pure heart, who do not lift up their souls to an idol or swear by what is false. Daniel calls on Nebuchadnezzar to renounce his sins by doing what is right and his wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. We pray that you would help those in authority act to protect and help the most vulnerable and provide for the most needy in our society. Lord, throughout your word, we see your concern for the poor and marginalised. May we call on our representatives to show your compassion and justice and not be swayed by power, greed or celebrity. We thank you for those who have the courage to speak out in your name. Give them words of truth, tempered by your love and wisdom as to when to speak. Protect them from ridicule and persecution. Thank you that Daniel spoke your truth and his integrity was recognised. Help Christian Concern and other organisations to call our nation back to your ways winning people over with your grace. Lord, we thank you for the technology which has allowed us to stay connected during this last year. Thank you for being able to hear your word preached, to study together and to encourage each other. Help us to be aware of those who are lonely and isolated and reach out to them with your love. As we all get tired, May your Holy Spirit give us the strength to continue to show your love to others and the honesty and humility to admit when we need help ourselves. Thank you that you've given us all this opportunity to spend more time with you when our other activities are curtailed. May we cherish these times and know they will not last indefinitely. Give wisdom to all our church leaders as they work out when it will be safe to worship together again. Guide us as to what we should resume to do your will and not just be busy. Guide Matt, Richard and Kim and all our leaders through the next few months that they will help us grow in our faith and come to rely more on you. Help us to be the people David describes who can ascend your holy hill to receive blessing from you. 
the generation who seek your face. We pray for our families and children. Thank you for the families the church has reached out to through the family service, youth alpha, friendship and practical help. We pray for families who are struggling with homeschooling and other practical issues. Help them to be patient and loving with each other. We pray for people who've not been able to see their families, elderly parents or children and grandchildren. Comfort them and care for their loved ones. Lord, our hearts go out to all those affected by COVID, especially any who are ill at the moment and those grieving. We pray for Prim Holman's family, that they would know your comfort and peace. We pray for those who've had to face serious illness or death without their family around them. We lift to you all NHS and care workers as the pressure on the NHS gets even worse. Give them strength and perseverance. Take their pain at seeing so many people they have cared for die. Help them have the resources so they know they've given everyone the best possible care. We cry out to you that all over the world the virus may stop as quickly as it started. For we know <coughs> you are Lord of all. We also pray for all those affected by flooding this week. As I write this, many in Wales are affected already. Keep them safe. May their homes not be flooded and damaged. And may they soon be able to return home. Finally, for ourselves, Lord. Let us live this week in the knowledge that the Lord Almighty is the King of glory. Amen. Thank you very much, Sarah. And it'd be lovely uh, just to close our time together uh, with a second song of worship, Unbroken Praise.
So as we draw our time uh, together to a close, don't forget we've got coffee after this service virtually at about 11.15. It'd be great to see some, some of you on Zoom. Um, if you want to know more about uh, the Alpha courses that are going on and the, thing, the little groups that have sprung up during this time, that's really encouraging. And I, I think that's really something that we can take away from this. Obviously, uh, we're um, next week we start a new series. We want to look at the book of Nehemiah, uh, which is a lovely book about rebuilding. And while it's far too early, far too early <laughs> to say what things would be like, it would be good to make sure that God is at the centre of, of, our, of our vision, of the perspective of what we want to uh, uh, grow. Um, so that's really important. So I'll be starting off on Nehemiah next week. 
but for now uh, that blessing that really keeps us together may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his face towards you and grant you his peace amen